Bennett, and you're listening to Highway Butterfly, the stories of Neil Cassell. Neil was a gifted singer, songwriter, musician, and friend to many. He released 14 albums as a solo artist and collaborated on countless projects with other musicians. After his passing in 2019, his friends and family created the Neil Cassell Music Foundation to provide instruments and music lessons to students in New York and New Jersey and to support organizations that offer musicians mental health care. One of the featured projects of the newly formed foundation is the tribute album, Highway Butterfly, The Songs of Neil Cassell, a sprawling 41-song collection bringing together a galaxy of rock and roots luminaries. We've asked the contributing musicians to share their memories of Neil and their stories of making the record. Highway Butterfly, The Songs of Neil Cassell is out on November 12th. Pre-order the album and learn more about the Neil Cassell Music Foundation at neilcassellmusicfoundation.org. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Hey, Laura. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Great, thanks. Are you out on the road? Yes, I'm in the Denver area in Colorado. Awesome. I bet it feels good to be out there again. It feels really good. Yeah, the shows have been super fun and it's just good to connect with people in, in person, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know we're all glad to have live music again and feeling lucky. Yes. So I'm going to get right into it. How did you first meet Neil Cassell? I first met Neil in Ventura, California, and I was playing around some of the small bars and, and he came to see me and was super supportive. I had even texted with him, you know, like, we should write, but I was, admittedly, I never followed through because I, I was, like, nervous, and, like, I've been a fan of, of Neil's for many years, and uh, I was totally like, oh, he wouldn't want to write with me, like, you know, so I, I, uh, I didn't ever take him up on that uh, writing together on that, but... Um, I've followed his career for quite a long time. Wow. How did you get into his music? You know, it's funny, but Ryan Adams, and uh, as much as, like, I'm not really a fan of this anymore, but um, he wrote really good songs. And uh, he was smart enough, too, to have Neil Cassell in his band on those um, Cardinals records. And I literally went out of my way and was like, who is the guy playing guitar and singing harmony? You know, like, who is this guy's a star and he's just a gem of a talent. So, Yeah, absolutely. So we didn't get to hear you write together, but you did eventually end up working together. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. And that was a kismet experience, I think, because... We had someone else um, scheduled to be in the studio with us. Um, Shooter Jennings was at the helm producing, and uh, we had, had someone else scheduled, and just randomly the schedule conflicted. And at that point, Shooter called me up and was like, hey, man, you know, so-and-so can't make the, the session, but how do you feel about Neil Cassell? And I immediately was like, well, I mean, yeah, but first of all, can we afford him? Second of all, like, how is he not busy? And third of all, is he into this? You know, so we, we got him and uh, he was, 
Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty much um, you know, for me being such a big fan, it was it was like a dream come true to to work with them. That is so cool. So that that was for your most recent album, Neon Cross, right? That's correct, yeah. Awesome. So what was it like working with him in the studio? You know, it was really funny because we had like um our first day we had like a an awkward run run in and I was like I was like, Shooter, is he like does he like this stuff? Is he okay? And what we figured out was Neil was nervous and he was like no reason to be nervous, like did not even you couldn't tell he was nervous by playing. It was more like hanging out. And he was so committed to do the right things that he was nervous, which is crazy to me, right? Like everything he played was perfect. And and not so much like it's weird. It's never about, you know, for me, the players with soul. Are, are the ones that I gravitate towards. And uh, everything he played was just super emotional and, and tasteful. And, um, you know, it was really fun to geek out on, like, guitar sounds with him. And he was just like, whatever you want. Oh, my God. You know, and then we'd go back and forth, and, and there was, like, a sound on, on one song where I was like, dude, I just want it to sound, like, so murky and weird. Like, what if we get a baritone and we run it through, like, a tremolo and, and compress it and, um, and make it all distorted and stuff. And so he was down, and, and uh, we, had, we had a lot of fun. We got to experiment, and he was just really, really fun to work with. That sounds cool. Yeah. Did he ever impart any advice or musical wisdom that you really took to heart and keep with you? Um, gosh, you know, I don't know if it was advice so much as like, he really understood what it, what it is to be a singer songwriter and kind of the struggle to have your own project. And so really like, you know, after recording, we'd spend some time talking outside uh, and uh, it was just like compassion and understanding and that just made me feel um, seen. Like he made me feel seen and heard. You know, he's a very woke individual. And we just, we just had some really wonderful conversations that I, I took with me. I, I felt like I had, you know, a new friend. And we texted after that recording experience just about music, about bands we loved. He was at like a Texas Gentleman show. And he texted me. And he was like... Dude, I'm with the Texas gentleman. They say what's up, and it's an amazing show. And and I was just, I was so excited to have connected with someone that you know I admire so greatly, and that I collaborated with. And I felt you know that was like the beginning of a really exciting musical relationship. You know, and that's 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 why we do this thing and connecting with other musicians is. I really believe music is played together, right? And it's so exciting when you meet someone that you connect with and you, and you, you know, you have that, that musical chemistry with. Yeah, absolutely. Especially someone who, you know, you followed for a long time and look up to. It's pretty magical. Yeah, it was kind of wild in that way. That is so cool. So you recorded Need Shelter from Neil's 2012 album, Sweet in the Distance. So let's take a quick listen to that song. Looking up at the pictures on his wall 
Take a listen to Neil's version. Looking up at the pictures on his wall, gazing out of his windows, hoping one of them might fall. Sometimes I just can't forgive myself. A little insight from Gary about how Need Shelter was written. Um, Jamie, have you seen the movie Country Strong? Yeah, absolutely. So Neil is in that movie. Wait, really? What, what part is he? <laughs> yes. So here's here's the background. Um, in 2010, um, before filming started, the music supervisor, George Draculius, who Neil was friends with, hired him to... Um, give guitar lessons to Garrett Hedlund, who is Gwyneth Paltrow's co-star in the movie. Yeah, and, you know, taught him how to like act like a singer songwriter and right. play guitar. And so he continued um, giving lessons during filming. And he actually appears in the movie as part of Gwyneth Paltrow's band. He's a guitarist, of course. No, um, <laughs> yeah, along with uh, Jim Lauderdale and Amanda Shires. Yeah. And it's definitely worth a rewatch um, just to see his face and yeah, his acting I skills. It. I actually really love that movie, by the way. Yeah. That's I do too. And I watched it recently and it was like kind of cathartic in a way. Oh, it makes um, me cry. That, that movie is just so emotional. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure, especially as a musician. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, during a break in filming, um, Neil took a trip to Clarksdale, Mississippi, 
which is like the home of the Delta Blues. And he spent time like going to shows and just like soaking up that part of the world. And he went to a music store and ended up buying a Gibson classical classical guitar. Mm. And he just kind of was noodling. And that riff is what came out. So he called Gary and he said he'd never understood why people would want to play a nylon string guitar like a classical. But <laughs> yeah. that day he got it. And, you know, he went back to Nashville and finished the songs and the song. And it was one of his favorite songs that he ever wrote, which is yeah, pretty awesome. So yeah. that's that story. Um, why did you pick this song? I don't know. There was something emotional. I mean, clearly, like, that's the first indication or the first reason that I picked it. But then lyrically, you know, looking at it, um, I felt like there were really universal lyrics that kind of speak to the human condition. Like just, you know, the lyrics specifically, I don't need to hide, but I do need shelter. It's just, it's so amazing to me. And it, I feel like everyone needs to hear that at, at times in their life. And it's weird because it, it could be like an absolute celebratory statement or really, you know, necessary, like listen, listen and cry scenario. I, I just felt like, I just felt like those lyrics were just so heartfelt and it, and it really did hit me in a way that I was like, you know, I would love to sing those lyrics. Well, I love the little twist you put on it and it sounds so, um, you know, it's, it's just a really, it's really, it retains the spirit, but it, you know, it has your own personal flair and it's a great tribute. Um, so I'm guessing, was it a hard choice because you'd been a fan of his for a while? Yes. Yeah, there were several that I I, um, I wanted to sing, but actually when I asked for this song, um, I think it was the, the second, my second choice, because I just couldn't decide, and I was sure that this song would have already been selected by someone else, but, but it wasn't, so I, it, it felt perfect. And it was just released... Uh, pretty recently as this a second single uh, or technically a third yeah and there's an awesome lyric video uh, with artwork by Darren Nay um, can you tell me anything about the video well just that there's that the artist is brilliant the the fellow that pieced it together and and um, I think I was really excited because again it's about the lyrics and the melody that Neil wrote so it's really cool to me that it be displayed and that so that people could learn it and sing along. Yes. I realized watching it that there were a lot of lyrics I had misheard. Previously. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That was, I think like, that's why lyric videos I think are awesome, but this one is so artistic and vibey and cool that it, it's kind of exciting. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there were a couple lyrics. I remember when I was learning the song that, that I wasn't familiar with and that I was even more impressed, you know, like the, yeah. the song. Yeah, exactly. So what was your experience like recording the song at Plyer studio? That studio is incredible. It's so cool. And it was like, it was like a big party with all of Neil's friends and, and a lot of his um, bandmates and collaborators. Uh, and again, a room full of musicians that I've heard on records and idolized for years. It was really fun. And it was kind of exciting to 
create and and Dave Schools, I think what yeah, Dave was like part of production and he said you know, we were kind of deciding what kind of feel to go with or what kind of take to give it. And he was very much excited about an approach that I brought to the table. And and then like, it, I mean, they're so good. The musicians are so good that it, it came together so quickly. If anything, it was like me nailing a perfect vocal or what I thought would be suitable that maybe took like a second more than, than the instrumental. Parts. They were just like right on it. The drummer, uh, Tony, and um, he's, and we had a few guitar players on that. And then, and I forget who's singing, but it's just like, I think that's Kyle. Could it have been Brian or Alex Coford? Oh, Alex. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, so they're, and they were all Neil's friends, you know? And it was like, it just felt like he would have been so stoked to see that. You know, that it was like a celebration. Mm-hmm. And then, we all just played his music and and celebrated his life that way. It was really beautiful, honestly, and cathartic. There were definitely times of talking about Neil and, and talking about what happened and sort of processing that too, because it was, you know, as you can imagine, everybody was very heartbroken and shocked, you know? So it was honestly one of the most beautiful ways to celebrate a life that I've seen in a lot of years. And I'm, I'm of course I'm partial uh, because I love Neil so much and because I'm a musician, but the way it was done was very, very tasteful. Yeah. So let's uh, shout out to those musicians. It was John Grayboff, Jeff Hill, Alex Coford, Tony Leone, Adam McDougall, yeah. Brian Whalen, and Jim Scott. Obviously I think uh, yeah, doing some horse collar, some interesting percussion, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and it was really cool. Um, Scott on keys. Um, Adam on keys. Yeah, I'm sorry, I've got some. I'm in the elevation in Denver. And I, <laughs> Adam McDougall. Yeah, I you know I'd seen him play with like the Black Crows and stuff. Like that was that was really amazing. He's he's an incredible player, and uh, it was such an honor. I just again, it was super dreamy that. Also, I don't know if there's images of the studio anywhere, but if you check it out, it's just, it's so cool. There's really cool lights everywhere and it's just such a fun vibe. It's like a warehouse and tons of instruments everywhere. It's just like Disneyland for musicians. Yeah, it's definitely a magical place. For sure, for sure. So can you tell me what the mission of the Neil Cassell Music Foundation means to you personally? Uh, You know, it, it means a lot. I've, over the years, I've lost a lot of friends to suicide, and um, it's something that, you know, it's not going to go away. I think mental health in the, in the music industry is just incredibly important. Um, you know, doing art for a living, and, and artists have been plagued for a long time with depression and, and mental disorders and, and afflicted with, with suicidal ideation and whatnot, you know, and I honestly, I'd be lying if that wasn't part of my life. And, um, I've been in recovery. I just celebrated four years clean and sober yesterday. Yeah. Thank you. It's, you know, I, I just really understood. I just understood everything with Neil. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand the feelings that he must have gone through. Like, dare I say that, you know, because who knows 
what he was thinking, but I just, I understand life, life and life as an artist and to be that open to, to emotions and, and be that aware, right. Is hard. It's hard to live in this world without a buffer. Right. And I think to be an artist, you, you typically have that sensitivity to emotions and to people and to beauty and, and, we almost go deeper as artists, right? And that's perhaps why it's become such a, an occupational hazard is that it's like we are in the thick of it and digging deeper to get to more sensitivity. We're, we actually, I think, become more sensitive on purpose, you know? I don't know. But these are, again, unfounded theories by uh, <laughs> not a psychologist here, but I have been around the block. I have struggled with mental health, you know, depression and anxiety and, and drug addiction. That's just part of the story. And, and I really, it's really important to me that people have some understanding of mental health and um, that there are more resources available for us and, and that we can, you know, possibly save a life. It means so much to me. This is like, and this is what Neil would have wanted, you know? Yeah, it's a really beautiful thing that's happening and yeah. actively transforming people's lives. Yes, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Backline, the music industry's mental health and wellness resource hub. Launched in 2019, Backline gives artists, crews, and their families quick and easy access to mental health and wellness resources. Backline provides individuals with case management and offers virtual support groups as well as yoga, meditation, and breath work. To donate, learn more, or get in touch for personalized care, visit backline.care. That's B-A-C-K-L-I-N-E dot C-A-R-E. So on that note, you know, you've, you're on the road right now and you've been through so much and you've been, you know, doing it for a long time. Do you have any tips to share with young musicians who may need some help maintaining your mental health while you're on the road? Mm, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. And you know, that's sort of a, um, it does require some maintenance. That's all I can say. And, and you might not know that until you're in this, in the struggle, there are resources. There's, if you, all I would say for people out there on the road and, and struggling, um, or struggling in the business alone, because the you know the nature of the music business is highly competitive. It's also <laughs> highly unreliable. It's it's very much a struggle. And all I would say is that you know we go to the doctor for physical ailments and and for checkups, and it should be no different for mental health. So I don't think that there's any reason for any stigma. And honestly. Being, you know, having um, therapy on a regular basis and like having support and, and people, you know, I've utilized 12-step for a number of years and therefore I make meetings on the road. And therefore, I have a network of people that, that support me and that I utilize. And, um, you know, I think it's a little more convoluted if you don't actually have an addiction issue, but if you do have any tendency towards, uh, you know, depression and anxiety or any other dis mood disorders, which are so common today, there's no shame. There's no shame because 
honestly, we live in a world that is that is quite unnatural now. I think the tech industry is developed much faster than than human emotions could possibly keep up with. And uh, there's really no shame, and there's also a lot of resources. There's I I work with a therapist online, and um, you know I re- highly recommend you know somatic and trauma therapy. I highly recommend. Um, self-help books, and I recommend some sort of spirituality, whatever that is, yoga, um, surfing, like like Neil, you know, he was a super spiritual dude, and, and nature, and, and also like telling, like find someone, if it's not, if they're not with you, find someone that you can talk to, because uh, it's just nearly impossible, almost, almost everyone has some sort of mental health concern at some point in their life, or it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like going to a doctor and the results are great. It improves the art. It really does improve the art. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's great advice, Jamie. <laughs> that was long winded, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah, totally. I, uh, again, I'm not a, I'm not a therapist, but I, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing those insights and all of your memories and stories about Neil and making this record. Really appreciate it. I'll say, and to let, let you go, though, I just got to say that Neil gave me his, um, he gave me about six of his guitar straps that I, I use. Um, I use one of his guitar straps every day. Oh, wow. That's uh, awesome. I, yeah. And it's so cool. Um, I just... I'm so excited about this album and um, and about the cause and uh, just getting to celebrate his music is is such an honor. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for being a part of it. Awesome. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to Highway Butterfly, the stories of Neil Cassell. Tune in next week to hear more from the artists who made this tribute album a reality. Highway Butterfly, The Songs of Neil Cassell is out on November 12th. All album net proceeds go to the Neil Cassell Music Foundation. You can pre-order the album and learn more at neilcassellmusicfoundation.org. Osiris.